0: Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com
1: and you can also find us at iTunes.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Talk On Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Painter, filling in for our regular host, Joey Vishny. I'm joined tonight in the Talk On studio with some pod first-timers, Aaron Tucker. Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man. James White. James, what's going on, man? Oh, I'm doing great after that Hoffenheim result. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and a familiar face in Jeff Hallett. Jeff, how's the West Coast treating you?
2: Well, it's Denver tonight, but I'm sure the West Coast is perfectly fine. Great to be back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, on tonight's podcast, we'll be covering a fantastic result, as Jeff uh, mentioned and James mentioned, against Hoffenheim on Tuesday with the usual stuff, match reactions, player analysis, our seed indices, and the man of the match performance. We'll spend some time on the slowly deteriorating summer transfer window and a preview of the Crystal Palace match at the weekend. But before we get into all that, uh, I wanted to ask an opening question to the newcomers and Jeff. So what's your favorite cheesy pickup of line of all time? And if you've used the one, have you ever scored with it? Yeah. So we'll go to we'll go to
2: Jeff first. Yep. OK. This is right to me. Fantastic. Uh, new person in a new relationship. This will go over well. So <laughs> truth be told, I never had a cheesy pickup line. I didn't really travel in that. That's no, where No,
0: all of all of yours are money, I'm sure.
2: No 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 I guess if I were if I were to boil it down to a specific line, and this'll make a lot of people laugh, I would use stupid jokes, um such as so this is a comment about the French Revolution. Oh Jesus. Where 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 did Napoleon keep his armies? Where, where? In, you gotta in, know in his sleeveys. <laughs> <Gosh.
1: laughs> and heads, that shit, that shit worked at that one.
0: <laughs> yep, and that shit worked. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Since uh, since you like that one, we'll go to you next, my man.
1: Okay, so um, my cheesy pickup line was more of a question, and I would ask a girl on a scale of one to Michael Jordan, how how's your day. And if she would respond with some sort of basketball player like Kobe Bryant or Shaq or or Scotty Pippen or something like that, I would continue to talk to her. And, um, yeah, and if she didn't, then it was kind of game over because she can't get a hint. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, th- I think, I think that's more of a test. I mean, you know, she's obviously a keeper if she knows, <laughs> if she knows sports and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. exactly if she can, if she can hang on the sports tip. So, um, I'll jump in next cause mine kind of sports related. Um, I actually used two of them back in the day. Um, and this was many, many moons ago, uh, for, uh, because I'm in a committed relationship, so <laughs> don't use them today. But, um, you know, the simple question, do you play soccer? Because you're a keeper and God. that
2: was <laughs> Hi-yo. <Jesus Hey-yo>. Christ. <laughs> um,
0: the other one was a little off a uh, little little not sports related. Well, it was very not sports related, but do you have a pencil? Cause I want to erase your past and write our future, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. That one's, that one's decent. That one's decent. <laughs> that's about, that's about as And obviously I was very cheesy back in college. So um, those tended to work. Okay. Uh, but at least get a good laugh um, where we can uh, order a drink and then uh, let the libations take over the inhibitions. So um, anyways, with that, I'm going to flip it over to James. James, what did you used to do, my man? So I'm really not great with the pickup lines. I'm not
3: a banter master or anything. So I tend to go with the serenade more than anything. So. <laughs> and we're going
0: to jump into uh, the actual content on the pod, uh, talk a little bit about Liverpool versus Hoffenheim on Tuesday night, Jeff, Liverpool 2, Hoffenheim 1. All in all, you have to say the job done, but how are you feeling coming out of the match?
2: Well, coming out of the match, you have to be positive to handle business. Two big away goals for qualification minus arguably the best player on the pitch in Coutinho sitting back in Liverpool somewhere in some dungeon watching the game. So... (laughs) Yeah, I mean I, I give it up for Klopp. I mean he is well pronounced in preparing his side for big games, so this is yet another. And it was in where he spent a lion's share of his managerial career and it was versus a young up and comer that he is recognized. So I, I like the sentiment of the team, the banding together, it was us versus the world. I'm sure that worked. Um it, tactically within the game, if you are to microanalyze first half versus the second half, I mean, it certainly was a tale of two halves. So we, yeah. it, Hoffenheim started on the front foot and continued through the 30th minute or so when Mane, you know, elicited the, uh, the foul right in front of goal. And, uh, TAA was able to, you know, show his star being born in front of a worldwide audience, uh, for a teenager, pretty special. So, yeah, in the first half, a lot to be desired in terms of defending. I mean, that's where we saw most of the gaps in the back, with Lovren, of course, featuring prominently there. Uh, and the second half was something to behold until Klopp's substitution's late.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I kind of looked at it a little bit differently. Um, you got to look at some of the possession stats. I mean, Hoffenheim were all over us, 63% possession to 37%. I don't know if I've ever seen a Klopp team dominated that way right. in possession. True. Yeah. And, you know, Aaron, I'd be curious uh, your perspective on it, but given given what I saw, I, I genuinely think that we were lucky to get out of there at 2-1.
1: Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I was watching a replay, so I already knew what the outcome was. And even knowing that we won, I was still watching the game... And just feeling kind of like I don't I don't know I just I didn't feel I wasn't convinced I guess I wasn't convinced that um, that we were ready to compete at the Champions League level like like you guys mentioned we were totally bossed in possession when usually that stat is totally flipped in our our favor um, I thought Salah and Mane did. Pretty good. You could tell they were maybe saving some for this weekend, um, or that they were kind of dull from the game on Saturday. But well, do you think Klopp. it's just match
0: fitness this early in the season? But I mean, Klopp touts his you know preseason training regime to get people firing out of the gates. You know, right up, right away. If you look
1: at last season, that's exactly what we did. I mean, we did look sluggish. We're passing sideways in the midfield, and it's just not. It's not what it was last year, I guess.
0: You know, Aaron, you bring up a good point there. Um, it, sluggish in the midfield would be an understatement. I mean, we're starting Genie, uh, Hendo, and Sean, and from what I've seen in two matches this season, and from when they've played together before, that that formation or that that group of players just does not work, James. No, you know, what what is your perspective on? you know, that midfield, and then, you know, how we came out against Hoffenheim.
3: Well, to be honest with you, I'm I'm not 100% sure that we're trying to play the same style that we used to be. So last season, we were used to a lot of high pressing, a lot of, um, you know, you'd see two or three players uh, come to an opposition player who had the ball. We weren't seeing that so much in this uh, Hoffenheim match. And I'm, I'm wondering if uh, Jürgen is trying to think about how he can get um, a full season out of his preferred players without running them into the ground. Because you saw in the last um, third of the season last year, that a lot of these players were looking incredibly tired. And yeah. I think we might want to avoid that this year. And I'm wondering if we're going for a new strategy this time.
0: That's a you good know, point. You, yeah, you bring up a great point. Um, given the fact that, you know, we, we ran out of gas there midway through the season and he knows we're going to have a lot more games this year with European football. He might be trying to come up with new tactics and new strategies and it just hasn't gelled yet. Um, That's a very good shout. I guess, I guess what surprised me most. And if I go back to some of the, some of the formations that Hoffenheim were playing, they would have five and six players against our back four. And, Wagner, that uh, the big rock up front, would be sitting behind our back four in an offside position. He got called for it a number of times. But it was really fascinating. When they got the ball and they won possession back, they always had gaps. They are always in behind our, our midfield. And there was always an outlet and an easy pass to make uh, to get behind our midfield three. And again, I was just looking at that. It was, it was fascinating to me to see how open some of these players were and how they got behind us so quickly. Uh, it, it, it just really was a, a, an interesting tactic to take against Klopp because usually teams will come back and sit in and invite us onto them as opposed to going the other way. So <clears throat> with that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the back-to-front analysis. Um, <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, especially uh, the good and the bad of our defense. So we'll start with MIGS. James, what did you uh, what'd you make of his performance? Obviously, he had the big penalty save, but overall, what did you think of Miggs?
3: I think he did all right. I mean, he had the penalty save. He had a couple of um, obvious goals that could have been scored that he saved. There were a few balls that maybe he should have caught or punched away that he didn't even come for. But to be realistic, uh, in my opinion, um, if you're not a Noya or you're not a De Gea, you're going to see performances like this this is it's not a terrible performance it's not a great performance but i i I would take it i would say
0: yeah i mean listen i thought he played very well other than the goal which he had nothing to do with and he wasn't going to stop and no keeper was going to stop uh i thought he played exceptionally well he saved the penalty he obviously when Lavern basically tripped over his dick, he he uh, saved that <laughs> shot. He saved that shot when when Lavern uh, was arguing the referee, and they played the ball in behind him. He saved that one on one. So all in all, I thought Miggs basically saved a lot of strong chances for them, uh, and I thought he played very well. Aaron, I'm going to come to you on uh, the back line because we just spent a little bit on Lavern, our favorite player, but I want to get your <laughs> your impressions of our back line you you had Trent, Moreno, uh, Motsip and Lavern the same back line that was at the weekend. Um, what were your thoughts on, on those four?
1: So, um, first of all, we have to, we have to acknowledge our future captain, Trent Alexander Arnold. <laughs> Absolutely. He, that <laughs> he, I, I watched that goal. I watched it happen. I screamed and I, Keep watching replays, and just my favorite one is when the camera's behind Trent, and you can see the ball just make that beautiful little slight curve, and it just dinks into the back of the net. And it, remi- it, was, it reminded me of yes. like a Suarez goal, like a Suarez oh, goal. Yes. Yeah, when he
0: when the one he scored against uh, Everton, when he bent it around and underneath yes. the wall, and it hooked right into the oh corner of the gosh. post.
1: Dude, Ed, that was it. Was a really good goal. Um, and what a, what a time to do it. 18 years old, your European debut, you know, it's, you can't get more crucial than that. Um, Lovren, obviously, um, I have very, very little confidence in him, (laughs) um, You can join the the line forms to the left, and you can. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, like, Lovren, Lovren does these things at the back, which make no sense. But then, at I think at the end of the Hoffenheim game, uh, he like he. Oh no! It was at halftime. It was at halftime. Alberto Moreno had the corner, and it dinked off of Lovren's head, and it just went wide of the post. And it's like. Why can you not defend? <laughs> yeah. like, he's got a lot like, of. He's got a lot of redeeming
0: qualities. Um, like he's big, he's physical. You know, he's he's athletic. But I just don't think he has it between the ears. And, and yeah,
1: yeah, he doesn't and, you know, have the brain to be. You know, doing both. And I mean, I don't know. I don't have any room to talk. I'm not a professional footballer. <laughs> No, you're Matip, on a podcast talking about professional football. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm an expert. Uh, but um Mattip Mattip did good. Um I, I mean he is what he is. He's and some people say he's average. I think he's above average. Um he's he's a pretty good defender. He's our second choice defender. If we get a better person, um, but right now he's actually our first choice. Um, so I don't want to spend too much time on him. Um, Alberto Moreno, I gave him so much shit the past two seasons and I hope he makes me eat my words. I hope he does really well. I hope he's finally blooming and becoming this great footballer that we all hoped he would be. Um, do I think? think he will i have apprehensions i think you can hear it in my voice but (laughs) uh, um but i hope he does and he he has proven that you know he maybe he has matured the past couple days he has a couple or the past couple games he's had a couple of moments where it's like oh there he is the old moreno um but he yeah i don't think all has been his fault like it was last season
0: well i think i think I think it's a combination of things, right? So I think it's Laverne's uncertainty with Moreno's uncertainty causes a force multiplier on that left <laughs> side. and you could <clears throat> you could see that Hoffenheim were targeting you know that left side of our defense, right? they had they had their wing back pushed up oh, so yeah. high. and Moreno was 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 coming inside the mark demand. The like I said, they had five guys literally sitting on our four defenders. And when that ball got played long diagonally to their wing back, Moreno was running to catch up. But I just think the the, the two of them don't work together.
1: Mm-hmm. I would
0: like to see, you know, if we bring in a Virgil van Dyke or something of that ilk, I'd like to see Moreno because he was absolutely mustered going forward. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, I don't know what your thoughts were on the back line and, and Miggs, but <laughs> you know, I'd I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts were.
2: Tale of two halves with Moreno. He had his early errors to your point. He was exposed on the left. He went in for the tackle, missed and was saved by a two deep cross across the edge of the box. This particular error that ultimately resulted in the penalty that Lovren gave, gave up, which terrible defending, he played the foot, not the ball. But Moreno took a late run at the goalie, late run, poorly timed, and left our left side completely exposed, so I think it was his error that ultimately led to Leveren being Leveren, and not defending properly in front of the goal, which, you know, thank God the penalty was a softball right to the middle of the cage. Yeah, really. (laughs) So, So, yeah, I mean, I saw the attacking threat, I mean, he definitely bossed in the second half, a lot of good things to take away from his performance in the second half, but... The defensive gaps are what they are. And uh, you've got a bit between the ears with him, just like you do Lovren.
0: Yeah, you know, Jeff, you bring up a good point. I, but I'll go back to the stat that I've been harping on for a few days now. In all the seasons Klopp's been a front, uh, first team manager, he's only not conceded 40 goals, league goals once or twice, excuse me. And to me, I think that's more of a stylistic issue than it is a personnel issue, because he's had some really good teams, obviously, over the years, and they're still conceding goals. So for me, I I don't know if changing out Virgil van Dijk or putting anybody else in is really going to change the conceded goals number by a a drastic amount. I definitely think there can be things that we improve on and we might shave five or 10% off and that might make the difference between... You know, fourth and and second or first, but again, I don't see us marginally, you know, marginally improving really our goal uh, conceded ratio because it's just something that Klopp's lived with his entire his entire career. But moving on from from the back line, and we could spend hours, if not days, on Lauvern and Moreno and so on and so forth. But I do want to give a special shout out to Trent. I just think he's going to be. Absolutely fantastic for us. Um, he looked the business, and I think Klein's gonna have a real problem coming back into this lineup after he's been out on injury with if Trent keeps this up for a few more games. So
2: it's a great shout. Um, yeah, I, I've, I, seen I
1: I've seen some people say shift Klein over to the left. I'd be uh, yes, yes.
0: Well, I mean, Klein's a pro- you you shift him over to the left because he's a proven professional, right? Right. He's, yeah. he's got experience and stuff like that. Same way you know Milner did, right? But Klein's obviously got a little more defensive yeah, he's pass.
1: Got, yeah.
0: But I think that's a great shout, and it's definitely uh, definitely an option. But again, you just bought Robertson, so
1: that yeah. So I, I mean,
0: shifting Klein over is that going to put Robertson? You know, where do you put him? Do you just set him on the bench and say your third team? left back now more to say
1: about that later on when we talk about Crystal Palace <laughs> <laughs> all right fantastic
0: all right moving on to the midfield um, again as we as we spoke about a little bit earlier I think the midfield has issues with that three uh, pairing or not pairing excuse me that the, the three people that we have in there currently Hendo got subbed on 60. Jeannie looked miles off the pace and Jean he was okay, but I don't think he did anything spectacular that would sit there and say, wow, you know, he, he's a central midfielder waiting, waiting to uh, be the next captain of Liverpool. So James, what was your perspective on the midfield? And, you know, how do we, how do we make changes going into the weekend to, to improve it? well,
3: When I was, uh, so I was in the same seat as Aaron. I didn't get to watch the game live. I had to watch it uh, on replay uh, just uh, an hour ago. And um, I don't think they really did that too bad. Um, When you're looking at how a midfield is supposed to play, right? uh, They have two functions or three functions, let's say, right? Keep the ball, move the opposition defense around, to make space for the uh, forward uh, line and don't give it away. And I think they actually did all right on that. Um, there was some recycling and recycling is okay um, when you're just trying to uh, move players around. And uh, I would agree that the output from the three midfielders was not the best outballs that I've ever seen. But I wouldn't say that they did terrible. Let's just put it at that.
0: No, they didn't do terrible, but again, I thought Hoffenheim were all over them, and we didn't really seem to close down space well. We didn't seem to <clears throat> we didn't seem to connect with our front line very much. We we continued mm-hmm. to play long balls, um, which again, you're with that high line that they were playing. We we were certainly getting in behind them. Mane and Salah were, you know, were definitely making runs. Um, but Jeff, you know, what did you make of the midfield and, you know, is this going to be more of the same at the weekend?
2: I would hope not. And yeah, it's, it's a different set of personnel, different formation absent Coutinho, which is still the, the big weakness in the midfield. It's the reason he was per- pursuing Keita or still is hopefully. Yeah, it was a pedestrian night. Obviously midfield had plenty of room to operate given Hoffenheim's open style But unremarkable performances by Jeannie, just to your point, Painter, miles off the pace is probably putting it mild in his case. Uh, Henderson (laughs) had a decent night. Uh, Jean, you're right, nothing spectacular. I mean, he had his moments in in the runs up and down, um, had crisp passing, some stupid fouls, you know, non-fouls in some cases. You know, he was was charging up and down, so you can't fault him too much, but Jeannie was was definitely missing, gone missing in this match on the biggest stage for Liverpool. So that was disappointing. So yeah, I, I think we, we have a ways to go on how this midfield is going to materialize. Is Coutinho going to come back? Is he going to end up on Suarez Island training by himself? <laughs> <laughs> it's clear that we need we need more spark in that midfield. We just don't have Absolutely. it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So so Aaron, I'll come to you next on um, the substitutions in the midfield. Right? We brought on Milner. Um, we brought on Grujic and, you know, as soon as that change happened, it felt like Hoffenheim got re-energized and we're back down our throats. What did you make of the subs? And, um, does it just tell you how thin we are at the, at the midfield position right now?
1: Well, as soon as Milner came on, he, he made a little bit of a difference. You know, he made that, he made that cross that was supposed to go to Salah. Well, I but, know he got. I know he
0: got the goal, and I mean, yeah. we all love him for it. And but, I mean, again, wouldn't you think he's there to stabilize and slow down yeah. the pace as opposed to have it be that frantic mayhem that was at the last fifteen minutes of the game?
1: Yeah, I um, honestly no noticeable no noticeable differences between the subs being there or not. Uh, Hoffenheim. Was still doing their thing. They had sixty percent or more of the possession throughout that entire game. So, like they sixty three percent, sixty three percent for the yeah. whole game. I mean, I just, that doesn't that doesn't happen
0: very often against uh, no, no, it doesn't. So. And
1: they were and they were at home. And German crowds are are really, you know. They get in their groove and they're loud. And I mean, I saw one of the Hoffenheim players in the first like 20 minutes. He was he was revving the crowd up. He was throwing (laughs) his hands up, and and I was like, "Geez, dude, like we're 25 minutes in. Let's let's kind of tone it down a little bit, maybe."
0: (laughs) Uh, If I if I would have been there, I'd have probably been doing the same thing. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. um,
0: Speaking of revving. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, uh,
1: no, never
0: mind. Well, I was just going to say speaking of revving up the crowd, um, let's talk about our frontline show. Yes. <clears throat> James, y- you have to be impressed with Sadio Mane. I mean, he was mustered all game long. They couldn't deal with him whatsoever. I mean, the guy that they were marking, they took uh, that was marking him. They took him off on fifty-eight because he just was he was having nightmares about Sadio Mani. <laughs> like I mean, like he was just getting beat left, right, and center. Um, I mean, the goal that we scored, Trent's goal that we scored, came from Mani just basically splitting him right down the seam. Yeah. What did you make of our frontline line um, and Sadio Mani?
3: Like he was amazing last season, and now he's gotten yeah. better.
1: It's like he's got something to prove. Like, well, I it's, mean,
0: it's, he's over on the left-hand side now. Or, you know, yeah, he's on the yeah. opposite side. It doesn't seem like it's even phased him. right? Well, he's,
3: yeah. from, from what I know, from what I've heard, he's two-footed. So it doesn't make a difference to him. He's all about just, give me the ball. Let me kick it past this defender. Let me get into space. And then I'll, I'll either uh, shoot at goal or deliver across. He is amazing. I am so happy with Sadio Mane. As far as the rest of the front line goes... Bobby, he had some clever balls in. Um, he had some good passes, and um, Salah. Um, yeah, I mean he's fast. He's very fast. But uh, as I've I've been told that he's about a fifty-fifty when he goes for goals. Um, you don't really know whether he's going to score or not. Uh, but as far as getting into position, I would say that Salah did a great job.
1: Salah tried. To sh- or a couple of his shots were on his his right foot, which is his weak foot. But other than that, I totally agree that he he looks a little bit like he's you know trying to sharpen things back up. He's in a new team. He's well, not, he shot a couple on his weaker foot. Yeah, no. no with, really
3: a, with the with a number of chances that Salah had, if he scores fifty percent of those, that's still <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot of good. goals. Yeah, that's true. so. That's that, it, no, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's if you great. scores fifty percent of those chances,
0: it's, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I will say this about Salah. Um, he seems to still be trying to figure out Bobby and Mane. And yeah. he and, and to be expected, right? He's he's played only two competitive matches with, with both those players. And then the preseason, that front three was I don't think maybe was on the field once or twice in the, in the entire preseason. So um, he's still trying to figure it out. I I do think that once he does, it's going to be a different, you know, different kettle of fish. I do also think that his, his natural, his natural ability is to go forward and, and to create, but I don't think that he's really in that fluid front three because pretty much for Roma last year, he stayed on the right and, and held to the right. And if we noticed last season, Klopp and Coutinho, Firmino and Mane were very much interchangeable, right? They, they yeah. moved from side to side, front to back, middle, blah, blah, blah. And they were very much moving around the, uh, the pitch. And that just didn't seem like he's used to that yet. But, you know, again, he scored a a, a bunch of goals in preseason, uh, you know, he got off the mark, uh, at the weekend and hopefully, you know, he just takes a little bit more settling in, but he didn't look at, um, he didn't look like he was gelled or synced up with the boys at the, uh, against Hoffenheim. So Jeff, with that, I'm going to
2: come to you. What did you think about the front line and, and how they performed? Money was my man of the match. He's the one that made the most impact, torched their left side, both, Kaderabek and Bokacic, if I've got the last name pronunciation right with these German last names. Three solid chances, uh, tormented Hoffenheim all night. Um, the foul in the 34th minute, the TAA opportunity that will go down in Liverpool history at this point. Uh, Firmino, yet another Firmino-like performance. It didn't show in terms of goals in the score sheet, but his, uh, his ball to Salah going forward, lots of passes going in to, uh, to James's point. And his pressing, his pressing is maniacal. It caused Hoffenheim all kinds of problems in the back line. And, you know, vote to, to his credit, he's huge, a you know, former midfielder. Can you imagine at his size? <laughs> kept, kept Firmino in check in terms of the scoring activity, but I, I thought Firmino was very active. Uh, Salah, I think the touch is going to come on the right side, his, his comfort on the right side. He scored in the first goal at, at Watford. So I, I've got lots of confidence in his ability. Obviously his pace showed, showed for itself in this match. And I think it's just going to progress from here.
0: You know, Jeff, you bring up a great
2: point. Um, <laughs> one thing that I didn't mention
0: that I, I want to bring up is their central defender ran down Salah and then tackled and ran down and tackled Mane, And, naturally i went to why don't we go buy that guy because no, he looks really good <laughs> No kidding. because he looks really good um you and, mean the one that should have gotten the red card
2: yeah so, yeah that's, yeah. that's <laughs> a, that's a wow. quintessential painter center back yeah that's it
0: i like people who get stuck in there james don't worry about it <laughs> um but i thought he played uh that their center back played really well um at least he showed a bit of quickness and pace to Uh, to run down a solid on that breakaway and then uh, to tackle Mane out of bounds after he looked like he was going to get around the corner on him. But with that, I'm going to go to our seed index ratings um so jeff i'm gonna flip it back to you who is your seat index who got you out of your seat and then um who brought you right back down into your seat
2: i get to go first which means i get to pick trent alexander right. arnold start is born uh, beautiful strike. You. we've spent most fuck of the pod talking about it obviously a hell of a start when it mattered most good for him and my my runner up to mention it uh, was that Phil Coutinho was sitting in Liverpool somewhere watching our team come together and deliver the result as, as a cohesive unit.
0: Fantastic. And uh, James, who, who do you got?
3: Well, I mean, I've got to go for it. It's, there's, there's no question. It's Trent alexander Arnold.
0: After his performance you might want to you might want to get him on a date he's probably pretty good (laughs) i'm trying i'm
3: trying man he's
0: He's legal legal now yeah exactly
3: (laughs) (laughs) he won't answer my dms man won't answer (laughs) him anyways no trent i mean uh he was great at defense um Obviously, it's free kick, but anybody could say that the free kick was amazing. I mean, a good free kick goes in the top right corner. An amazing free kick goes in the bottom right, because that's Ooh. even harder for the goal kicker, goalkeeper to save. Because he's looking for the top right, but he puts it in the bottom right. So, anyways. Um, yeah, no, I think Trent, uh, he was very composed. Uh, every time I saw him uh, get in a tussle with a uh, Hoffenheim uh Player, he you know, he, he knew what he was doing and he, he didn't freak out. He was just completely composed. Um I, I don't know about you guys, but I loved it when he freaked out about the uh, um going out for the corner. Do you guys remember that from the game? When he got the yellow card? Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah. That
0: was a weak yellow yeah. card.
3: That it was it really was oh, it was totally shit, but it was awesome. <laughs> that he was that lit up and that, uh, emotional about it, that he
0: would do that. All right, James, who's your, who's your negative seed index? Oh, geez. <laughs> who's <stung>? who's sucked.
3: <laughs> I didn't really think anybody was that terrible to be honest with you, but Are you kidding um, me?
0: it's, it's not written over all, all over the uh, message boards everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't read those. So, <laughs>
3: Um, I'll have to go with, actually, um, I'll go with Matip on this one. Really? Yeah, I didn't think it was that great. Um, He had a few decent headers away, but I think he got caught out of position a couple times. Um, I know a lot of people will probably slate Leverin, um, but I didn't think Leverin was nearly as bad as people say.
1: Okay.
3: Aaron, what do you got?
1: Okay, so my positive seat index, the person who got me out of my seat was Mignole. And I know that's kind of like a out of left field thing, but he saved that penalty and and that was at a crucial moment in the game. It was really early that could have determined how the rest of the game was played out. Um so yeah, he's the one he's my he's the one that got me out of the seat. Bastard took mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Negative. I, I might get some flack for this, but I think that um, I think the front line could have done more and they should have done more. They didn't have any issues scoring over the weekend against Watford. And to me, this, this is a qualifier for champions league. So they need to be producing in this game. We only get two shots. We've got uh nine or thirty-seven other games to play in the Premier League. So yeah. That's that's my seed index.
0: Yeah, I mean you, you bring up a good, couple good points there. The front line I thought I thought by and large they did their job, right? We scored two goals away from home. Um, but I, I agree with you. But I guess where I'm gonna go with my seed index is we could pull Lovren, um seven ways a Sunday, and he's certainly the the worst player on the field, and and had the worst game, in my opinion, by a wide margin. But I'm going to say our midfield. Um, if we don't get that sorted, it's going to be a real long season. Like we look like we're abject most of most of the most of the game, most of the game at the weekend. We don't have any creativity. Um, those three working together seem very much similar to one another and how they, how they operate. Um, so I'm going to go with them with my negative seed index. My positive seed index has to be, uh, for me, it has to be Mignolet. I, I know you said Minule, Aaron, but I, I just thought he, uh, he saved our bacon a lot. It could have been a really different game. Yeah. if He hadn't come up big and big early on too. Cause he saved a, a lot of, ga- uh, goal-scoring chances in the first half uh, that could have changed the outcome of that game. The whole mood of the game got the crowd behind them, you know, and basically got our heads down after a poor showing at the weekend. So I thought Minule really stepped up in, uh, and saved our bacon in the first half of the, uh, the, or the first half of that match. So with that, we're going to transfer over, uh, no pun intended, to uh, the transfer market. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, What's going on, or what hasn't been going on? And I don't want to turn this into the Phil Coutinho <laughs> show, um, but he certainly put a negative mood on our entire uh, summer window thus far. But I want to talk more about where we, you know, we're two games in. So where do we think we need to strengthen? Uh, you know, you've seen what we've put on the field, you know about some of the injuries that we have. If you're Klopp, you've got two weeks left to go in the window. Where do you think we need to strengthen, James? Hit me with it. Well,
3: let's start with the uh, center backs. So we'll go with um, if, in case we don't get VVD, which I personally believe we will still get him. But if we don't, we can look at Konstantinos uh, Manolas or Costas Manolas. Uh, he's a Greek defender for Roma. Uh, he's six foot mm. two. He's twenty six years old. Um, To be honest, I don't watch a lot of European football, so a lot of this going off YouTube, I apologize. But uh, he looks like he wins the ball back uh, very efficiently. And when he gets the ball, he plays some very good forward passes. So I'd love to see him in our midfield, or in Hmm. our, um, sorry, our uh, defense. Where is Uh, he
1: from, really quick? uh, He's
3: from uh, Naxos in Greece.
1: Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, well, it's now, just because communication is a big deal and it's a big problem that we have. Sure. Um, we have s- supposedly two German speakers, and uh, they don't apparently speak the same German.
3: <laughs> but well, um, I would say that he's playing for Roma right now so he's not playing yeah. for a team where he speaks the same language. So there's a good it's chance that he's learned English uh, with a lot of these European clubs the lingua franca is actually English. Look um, at you. Even, even though they're playing in other uh, leagues. Um, yeah. as far as a midfielder goes, I would probably go with uh, Leon Goretzka. Um He's a German midfielder. He plays for Schalke. Um, he's also six foot two, and uh, from what I've seen of him, um, he has a good. Um, how would you say this? He uh, he gets the ball from other midfielders very quickly, very efficiently. He doesn't give away a lot of fouls, and uh, he plays the uh, through balls very quickly and very effectively. So that's that's what I would go with.
0: Great, fantastic. I, those are some great options. Um, so, Jeff, if we weren't going to get VVD and Keita over the line, you know, what are some options? Realistic options that we can get done here in the next two weeks for you?
2: Honestly, don't know because you know it's down to Klopp and his preference to, for single player, uh, single player in the midfield in Keita, single player in center back with. Van Dijk and obviously center back is where we've been the the leakiest and the biggest problem. He he knows who his alternatives are. I I can't begin to. I mean Jonathan Ta is someone that I've long favored, yes. but I, I don't think he's you know and I don't know, I don't know if he's even been worked on or that that communications and process with his club. So how do you how do you deal with it? So you know we're we're coming to the end where van dyke hasn't even had according to reports a formal offer from liverpool if you can imagine that with two weeks or less to go in the transfer window so how do you do this at the last minute when teams are set when sides are coming together and so many needs at key positions that are well known I, it's really difficult for liverpool I hope the VVD gets done and I hope we get some uh, help in the midfield. We need creativity in the midfield. I don't know if we can pull it off.
0: Yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, t- time's getting tight, Aaron. Where do you go with your if you if you can't get your primary targets where where are we going next?
1: Cuz we're, yeah. we're we're fast approaching that that, that hour. <laughs> right. Um the 11th hour is upon us in the transfer market almost. Um so for defense, uh like what Jeff said, Jonathan Ta, I I'm a huge fan of him. Um I think Matthias Ginter has been thrown around a couple times. Some people really want him. Some people say that he makes mistakes just like Dayon Lovren. Um oh, I don't know I don't know if I really buy that though. Um so either of those two would be good. But Virgil van Dyke, he's He's a captain. You know he's vocal, and that's something over the weekend that I didn't think of during that whole argument of, um, is it a personnel change or is it ditching zonal? I never really thought of the vocalization um, factor, and Virgil van Dyke would probably feel that. He's a captain. Um, He's tall. He's big. He's the answer for most of our problems. But if we can't get him, Todd and Ginter. Um, midfield, can't get Kaida. Insigne has been tossed around and I'd be fine with that. I really just want somebody who's good. <laughs> 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 Which is like so, sort of a catch-all so do So we want players that are
0: good, they don't suck. Yeah.
1: I don't want an FSG player. I want, I want somebody who's maybe 25, 26, 27, a little bit older for them, for FSG, who's going to come in, do the job. Loyalty is dead. They're not going to stay here for 10 years. Just get them in, get our feet on the ground and move in in the top four and in Champions League for two, three years in a row and then move on. That is right now at this moment to quote our fearless leader Klopp, that is what I want.
0: (laughs) You know, speaking of what I want, um, I I think we're going to be hard pressed to get either VVD or Kieta over the line. I do think things will be fast and furious after we secure Champions League next Wednesday, uh, with four days left in the window. So and if we if we yeah, if we secure <laughs> Champions League, I think next thing you know, you're going to see some some pretty hefty bids getting lobbed over to some of these teams on the on VVD and Kita. So you know, maybe those get over the line. I do think that uh, there's. Alternatives, you know, you could talk about Koulibale, uh from Napoli, I believe, um, and a few other top defensive targets. I, I, I don't know the reality of getting them over the line. Um, I would, though, however, take a punt on the the, the, the center back that we played uh, <laughs> uh, last night at Hoffenheim. Um, right. He looks, at, he looks a decent player, and yeah. Um, you know, he, he obviously has a bit of pace about him if he can track down Salah and Mane. So that those might be options. And Signia, sure, um, he's, a, he's a great player. Uh, he could definitely add some creativity and flair. Uh, everybody on the Slack channel knows that I'm a huge Pulisic uh... Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pulisic hype train! You, my... you pull it for
0: Pulisic. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm a <laughs> huge Pulisic fan. Not that he's going to be like the end-all be-all coming in, but if you got him and an chamberlain I think you've kind of checked the box on on depth and a little creative slash pacey winger that can add a change of pace to to our lineup. So I think both of those. And then I'm always up for a cheeky uh, bid for uh, Abiyang uh, from Dortmund too as well. Yeah, exactly. I can never say his name, but anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: oh,
1: Obama I'm, Yang.
0: Obama, Obama Yang. Yeah. Obama. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm always up for a cheeky uh, bid for him. Seventy million probably gets him over the line, and for two years, he's going to be a top striker for you. So yeah,
1: that's
0: my uh, that's my that's my that's my quick take on our transfer saga. It's going to be a fast and furious two weeks, though. I got a feeling. Klopp realizes that he's not done in the transfer window and that we can't possibly be done if we hope to achieve our aspirations this season. So,
3: For sure. Real quick, Brian. Have yeah. you seen the Vice documentary on Pulisic?
1: No, I have not. It's,
3: How can you be that. a fan
1: of him and not watch that. the documentary? Of the that Vice film. documentary?
3: Yeah, there's a Vice <laughs> documentary on Kristen Pulisic and he's like 11 years old. And he dribbles through, dribbles through the entire other team to score a goal, and it's awesome. You should watch it.
0: Yes. I d- well, okay, well, I'm going to have to <laughs> talk about a YouTube video coming up here in my evening. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, definitely uh, tune into that. Well, listen, guys, um, I don't like I said, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on transfers because we could we could spend a whole show on transfers. Yeah. But without uh, without further ado, I want to move into Crystal Palace. Um, you know, Palace got smoked at the weekend, three 0 by Huddersfield. Uh, they have a new manager in Frank de Boer uh, from Ajax. Uh, we beat them in preseason in Asia to help secure the Asian EPL trophy. If you're all excited about that, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> we won-, won the league. Yeah, Woo-hoo! we won the e- e-
3: in EPL in Asia
0: th- of four teams, which is great. <laughs> um, and then uh, one of the key things that happened. Last weekend against Huddersfield is uh, Wilfred Zaha went out with an injury that is going to sideline him for over a month. So that's a big blow to them, and that's a big blow to their attacking uh, prowess. But, Jeff, um, I know you've been on some research on Crystal Palace. What do you got for us? Um, how are they going to set up? What's your overall assessment, style of play under their new manager, so on and so forth, man?
2: And you'll see this. Later this week on Football Purist, probably dropping tomorrow, we're going to get into the habit of pulling out key curated stats about going into the matches post match. So our listeners and our viewers on the website can really tune in to week to week what, what really moves the needle. So looking at Crystal Palace, obviously we, Looking at a formation under Frank DeBoer that is very different, now a 3-4-2-1, defensive-minded, playing three in the back. And Zaha, you know, some of the injuries going into this match, uh, obviously they're embarrassed by Huddersfield Town in week one uh, to everyone's laugh in the Premier League. In terms of who's out, Zaha's out, Kabai's out, those are huge losses for them. Got to look at the attacking threat. So uh, when you're talking Crystal Palace, historically, team that builds their offense around set pieces and corners. So fifth in the Premier League last year in corners taken, averaging about 8.3 minutes per chance. So that can, that, that is good for middle of the pack in the Premier League. Um, does not compare very well to Liverpool being second in the league at uh, 5.4 minutes per chance. Um, um, so, you know, we've got some offensive advantages, but, you know, the the glaring weakness is on set pieces and corners. The distribution, they were about second in crosses, favored the left flanks. So that that's making Moreno's job, for instance, going to be a lot more difficult perhaps than, oh, than it was great. this past week. Touches and chances created, you know, in terms of the heat map. They favor the left. They favor the center a little bit. So it falls on Lovren, falls on Moreno once again. And then Cross is coming in. Who's going to be taking them? Milikovic and Benteke has been known to take the penalties um, in terms of the the corners. It's Jason Punchin, because Kabai's out. And Van ort In summary, yeah, I mean, they were embarrassed in week one. This is a side still coming together under De Boer. Defensive-minded, but that back line was torched. Uh, by Huddersfield Town, and you know, we're going to see a lot of corners in this one, which is going to test the defense, the back line. Can we organize? Will the zonal marketing actually match up?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a great analysis, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, super detailed, obviously. I'm yeah. excited to see your article out on the website uh, tomorrow. But uh, Aaron, obviously the key danger man is Teke. He yeah. loves a goal against us when he was at Aston Villa, and even, you know, last uh last season, you know, he he posed a danger and a threat uh when he played against us. What do you think their key danger areas for us um as they're attacking us? Uh you know Zaha's out, mm-hmm. um, but you still have him in tech A and you still have Punchin, two highly qualified uh threats for us, but who do you see as their key danger in?
1: Um yeah, I think punching is you know. Straying away from Benteke, I think Punchin is, is the guy that we need to keep an eye on. Um I'm not too familiar with many of the Crystal Palace players, but I do know that Zaha is a pain in the butt. Benteke loves scoring goals against us. And um Yeah. Punchin, obviously. Um so <laughs> I think he I think him and him and Benteke are are the two guys that we really need to you know the midfield need to stick to them like glue because we can't de- we can't you know rely on our defense to do their jobs 100% of the time. So if the midfield isn't pulling the strings and they're flat like they were the past two games, then why not play as defenders, I guess?
0: Yeah, you know that you bring up a great point and um, I, I, you know one of the questions we got from uh, on Twitter, was around genie sluggish play from irate customer um, at irate customer, uh, irate underscore customer. He said that, you know, what do we attribute genie sluggish play to? Because he looks like a completely different player than he was last season. And, you know, to your point, is he, is it because he doesn't have a Lalana or a Coutinho in that further forward line? I, or, I, I,
1: mean, yeah, is it I, that, is that is that re- the reason why, or? Well, what's what would be the other reason that you were going to give me? Sorry, I was I, well, no, talking I, at the bit.
0: No, no, no. I I said you know I was just going to say is he not used to playing in that yeah, more
1: facing I mean, role? I think we have three players who, um, who are used to playing back a little bit, but that's not our style. That's yeah. not. That's not the Liverpool that we see scoring four goals against Watford last season, or um, or you know scoring the three goals or the five goals um, against opposition. We have three defensive-minded players, and I'm not you know, Genie Vineldom might be the looking a little dull, but he's he is the player in my book that. When he's gone, we miss him.
0: I'll tell you what, um, one thing that's not looking dull is his song. It's absolutely awesome. And yeah. I listen to it. It's fire. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely in fuego. I, I listen to it all the time um, just because cause I have no life. But anyways, um, <laughs> besides that, I'm going to flip it over to James real quick. You know, James, how are we going to get at him, right? How are Liverpool going to exploit Crystal Palace? Obviously, world beaters Huddersfield uh put three past him at the weekend so <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. how, how how do you think Liverpool is going to get at him is it going to be more of the same yeah. is it? <laughs> he might be a big shout um no but is it going to be more of the same from Liverpool have we seen him in the first two matches uh of the season or what your take what's your take
3: well, here's my thing. So, according at least according to Sky Sports, and I don't really, you know, follow uh, Crystal Palace, according to Sky Sports, they've only signed one player named Jairo uh, Riedewald, who is a defender from the Netherlands. Yeah. So, obviously, they haven't really changed their team too much. Um, I would say that uh, I'm going to go with, um, I was listening to a recent interview with uh, Jan Moby or Jan Mulby who was saying that uh, Frank DeBoer is going to want to sort of instill the ideas of Ajax um, into Crystal Palace, as ridiculous as that sounds. Um, And that might make them open for us. I mean, we saw them get humiliated um, by Huddersfield, and I think that that could happen again. I'm really not too worried about this game. I don't think they'll be that solid defensively. I don't think they're going to... Uh, be compact at the back. I think they're going to try and uh, play football. And I think that our players' quality is so much better than their players' quality that our football will by far outstrip their football.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think with Zaha out and and Kabai, you know, they're missing some real quality in their lineup. I think we'll we'll go at home with a very attacking uh, team, I'd be interested. And Ali asked this on Twitter. Um, you know, we've got Hoffenheim four days later for to secure a place in the championship group or the Champions League group stages. Do you make any changes to the lineup? Um, you know, that's a big question. You know, we need these three points after a, a shitty draw against Watford, and you know, these are three massive points. We can't let these teams you know the top teams get too far out in front of us too early on as we've seen in the past so Jeff do you make any changes to the lineup uh, at the weekend before Hoffenheim
2: that's a good question it depends on who's available Um, obviously we wouldn't take TIA out uh, Klein not fit to come in I think Honestly, um, it, as much as I want to see Bobby yet again on short rest in the number nine, I, I would love to see Sturridge. He'll be fit by the weekend. And this is a side that got annihilated by uh, someone recently promoted from the championship. So I, I think it's time for Sturridge to take a start and take some relief from Bobby, uh, give his legs some rest. In the midfield, I, I don't think you've got in short of Coutinho coming into good favor and on short short notice, which isn't going to happen. That ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think you, you, as much as I'd love to sub out Alden, for instance, that isn't going to happen. So you're going to re- remain with that same formation, and hopefully they can show up at home, um, given how week one went down on the road at Vicarage. So, yeah, I think Bobby's the only change I would make just to rest his legs because it's going to be a long year.
0: Yeah. James, who any changes for you?
2: Yeah, I
3: could definitely see some um, changes coming in. Um, we could see Milliner in there. Um, we, we could see some – I could see some kids coming in, actually. Um, really? If Klopp, yeah, if Klopp looks at it and he says, well, you know, they were so weak against Huddersfield. And like I was say, saying earlier, I don't think they're going to play what we've seen Crystal Palace play – under the previous few managers. it's. I think they're going to be playing a more offensive, more football style. So I think that could suit some kids. Um, maybe not like, you know, four or five changes, maybe two or three changes. Uh, just get some rest in. Obviously, in my opinion, the next game against Hoffenheim is one of the most important games we've played in years.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And that's why it's a very delicate balance because you don't want to drop points at home to Palace, which we've been known to do against this team. And you really need to put your best foot forward to secure Champions League group stages on Wednesday. So, Aaron, any changes for you heading into the weekend?
1: Yeah, um, I agree with James. Uh, Milner needs to come in at left back. and then midfield, if Coutinho is fit, put him in. Um, <laughs> Fuck it, just throw him in. Last yeah, him in. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I would, I would kind of like do a four-three-two-one, um, and maybe tuck Salah and Mane back a little bit behind uh, Solanke. That's a great shout. You know,
0: I, Aaron, I was going to say, uh, Solanke, uh, Solanke was going to be my shout for, uh, starting ahead of Sturge. I don't think Sturge is going to get a starting nod just because he's, we got to rub it, rub rub it, uh, wrap him in bubble wrap because he's not ready to come back and play a full 90, even 60. I mean, I'd give him 20 maybe at the weekend, just to get his legs back under him and then, um, you know, you look to exploit him against Hoffenheim right. if you need a goal late on or something
1: like I, that. I'd have no problem if Sturridge walked on the pitch and started on Saturday. But, um, yeah, I'd rather see him come on and play 20 or 30 or, you know, um, the the Klopp's uh, signature 75, 75th minute. Yeah,
0: substitute. I don't. And I don't think Klopp's not used to starting Sturge when he's coming back fresh off an right. injury. So yeah. I, I just don't see Sturge getting a nod. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sala or Mane got rested um, yeah, to, a certain, yeah. to, to a certain degree. Sala looked – or not Sala, but Mane looked absolutely dead on his feet um, when he got subbed off at, at Hoffenheim. Yeah, so I
1: would rest him.
0: I could certainly see Mane getting rested and um, – maybe going with a diamond uh lineup with maybe like a Solanke and Salah or something something a little off off speed to to kind of throw Crystal yeah. Palace off off in Crystal
1: Palace you gotta play with a, a tried and true number nine. Yeah I, I
0: just wow. think I, I just think that we're gonna rest rest some of the key players. I definitely see Milner coming in probably to the midfield if I'm honest. Henderson got subbed on 60 he looked miles off the pace. Jeannie looked miles off the pace. I wouldn't be surprised if he came in the midfield. I wouldn't be surprised if Robertson got a start at left back. Yeah, that'd be fine. Um, you know, and again, I think Trent's going to start at, at right back. The kid's 18, so he can run for days. So screw him, leave him <laughs> out there on the yeah. <laughs> And he's and he's and he's and he's young. full of energy and piss and vinegar right now, so let him young let young. him have at it. Um, I, I think you could see Grugit come in. Um, he's you know he's he's looked good, although I think he he's a little full of himself. Meaning he likes to get into a challenge, and he you know he's a little bit uh, on the front foot a lot uh, huh. in terms of tackles and kinda, challenges. I, and suddenly you yeah. don't
2: like it, Painter. Weird.
0: No, but I'm just saying. I'm saying I like it. The I like it a lot. I, lo- I like getting stuck in. You know this, but my issue with that is is he makes some rash challenges, and he could end up.
1: Injure costing. a Crystal Palace player. Oh, darn.
0: Yeah. Were co- well, costing us a card. But that said... Um, it's not know, like
1: he's a regular starter, though. So, I mean, if he picks up a yellow, then so be it.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah but
1: I could see him picking up a red. That's my yeah, issue. Yeah, I grief. mean,
0: if you remember the Crystal Palace game in Asia, he should have been sent off for that tackle. Yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> um, and that was a straight red. So he's got a bit of rashness to him. All right, with that, we're going to move into our score predictions. So, gentlemen, um, we're going to need your scores for Liverpool-Crystal Palace and your goal scores. So, James, who do you got? Score predictions and goal scores.
1: Okay, um, I'm going to say the score is going to be anything but a clean sheet for Liverpool because <laughs> that's how much of a toss-up I feel about um, our season so far. Um Goal scorers, uh, I'm not even going to get into it because I didn't give a precise prediction, and I don't really like prediction score predictions anyways, so uh, <laughs> somebody else.
0: <laughs> right on. All right, James, over to you, my man. Who do you got? Goal, uh, score prediction and goal scorers. All right, I'm going 3-1 Liverpool. Nice. Right. Thank <laughs> so you. I got Mane Salah.
3: And Wijnaldum scoring. Ooh, Wijnaldum, Wijnaldum because it is we're at home. home. <laughs> exactly. But he He's does. He do it for home. us. Yep. Uh, awesome. And then the one goal for Palace. I'm going to go for Benteke revenge goal.
0: It's going to happen.
1: Token but, header in the box.
0: Token absolutely. Token, token set piece. He gets up and yeah. scores. No doubt. Jeff, what do you got, my man?
2: It's a 2-1 result for me, Liverpool. So we are going to give up a goal off cross or probably more than likely a goal from Benteke. It could be both, both at the same time, just like you're saying. And then the two goal scorers for me, I think Sturridge will will reach the back of the net. I think he'll start. And I'm also calling a Matip header. Why? Oof. It's the first one of the year. We may call it <laughs> every week from here on out to the end of the season. <laughs> Yeah, that, That's your
1: submission from for every podcast you do now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, from Yep
1: yeah, it 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 definitely
0: definitely makes the rounds here on the Talk On podcast. Well, gentlemen, I'm gonna go for nothing. I think Liverpool are absolutely gonna <laughs> dust them off the park. I think the win. I think the win at Hoffenheim gives them a lot of wind behind their sails. I think they're gonna be coming out of the blocks flying. First home game, crowd's gonna be behind them because they know they have a European night. Uh, lined up midweek I just think there's a lot of momentum uh, in the positive direction for once Uh, I do think we're going to make some changes and but I definitely think Mane is going to get a goal I think Firmino is going to get a goal Uh, Hendo and then uh, I will go with Trent Alexander to go two on the bounce so uh, four nothing Trent. (laughs) Trent For nothing, to Liverpool. All right, I hope you're right, Brian. (laughs) I hope I too. You're right (laughs) because it'll make my it'll make my Saturday afternoon so much more better than it usually is. Um, All right, gentlemen, we're going to get out of here. This podcast, we've laughed, we cried, we've sang, James, um, and uh, now we're going to get out of here. Where can we find you on uh, out there on the social landscape, Aaron? Where are you at?
1: I am on Twitter and Instagram under a runs uh it's a play on me running and my name so it's at a a r u uh, n s z for twitter and instagram and just if you can find me on facebook aaron tucker <laughs> fantastic thanks aaron james where can we find you at uh,
3: i'm on twitter at uh white james c uh it's pretty simple
2: so anybody can find me there all right mr hallett Probably the the most plain of them all. Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two T's. Second only to... Myself? Yeah, you got it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, You can find me at Brian underscore Painter on Twitter. Uh, You can also check out the Football Purists Talk On at TalkOnFP on Twitter. Um, We're also launching our own dedicated... Uh, podcast uh, channel on iTunes, uh, so you can check us out there. Download the the episode there. We'll still be on the Football Purist uh, main channel as well, but um, make sure you check us out on our new dedicated channel to the Talk On. We're going to be doing a lot more content uh, over the coming uh, weeks and season. Jeff uh, is posting an article uh, tomorrow on some of the statistical analysis and breakdown, and you'll have a lot more podcasts. Uh, content as well as article content coming out from the football purists. So with that, gentlemen, I'll leave you with talk on. Talk on. Talk on.
1: Talk on. on.